Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So should we just start from an apology, guys, for uh, going missing in action Apologies, for everybody. how many weeks now? Three weeks? Four weeks? It's a, yeah, it's on me, Rob. It's on me. Should we blame? I, I, I think guess it's, it's the young guys. The, the young guys guy weren't stepping podcast. up. Huh. So. And uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> I think I think hit hit record right now and then go right into yeah. the apology. <laughs> this is <laughs> is that right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, guys, I would just like to apologize um, um, for not knowing that we were recording. Yeah, so that's a good call. I need a heads up. Um, I mean, we need to take a plane ride together, I think, and figure out uh, how to get through this. Is this is the plane ride going to be the defining moment of the Celtic season? I, I mean, well, B-Rob, like, so you were you were on the West Coast road trip, which is just wrapped up. And, you know, was, like, I, I guess I'm a little confused. So, like... How did how did how did like when did you first catch wind that this this magical journey took place that uh, solved everybody's problems and you know they were playing cards like I just I, I I'm a little confused by the the, the mysticism behind this and yeah. just how did it all unfold? I mean, it pretty much it's the narrative around it is pretty entertaining in my eyes, but yeah, like on on Tuesday morning, like in. Golden State before the Golden State game, you know, Brad Stevens talked about, you know, hey, you know, I he mentioned I had a long chat with Kyrie uh, after the game Sunday on the plane. And, you know, and he also talked about that combined the fact that, hey, there are good vibes, having really good vibes around the team right now. It was like a unique combination in my eyes that, again, he would volunteer that information, especially going into a game against the defending champs, like, in their own building, a.k.a., like, you know, you're probably not going to win this game, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, that was the the telltale sign on that, and then, obviously, they came out like they were looking in that game, and then, you know, got a gritty win the next night, and then it just, again, two wins in a row, two road wins in a row. Clearly, this team was desperately searching for anything to hold on to, um, in terms of, you know, positive developments. Um, but I do think that clearly, you know, Kyrie's demeanor definitely changed since that plane ride. It was, I think it's pretty clear that it came due to a conversation with Brad, conversation with Danny, clearing the air for both sides. And, you know, that obviously uh, trickled down to the rest of the team. And some, to some I degree. may have missed this, but did he 
do, do, did he say that he publicly apologized to the team on the, on the ride or just like uh, no he just was like it sounded like he was you know he talked to them it was it was a different plane ride than usual because it sounds like there was you know like you know guys weren't on their headphones in the corner the whole time like they were interacting he clearly probably said something or changed his you know demeanor it seems right. like um I'd like to know what the flight was but was like after the Clippers game. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, what last was, night. That, here's that, the thing. That, last, that's, the, that's, the, that's the true test, right. you know? And that's the thing. And that was, I was very curious to see how they would react last night, Rich. And the they were focused on the positive after that game. Of like, hey, 3-1 yeah. road trip. We, if you told us before the trip, you know, we would have been at 3-1 on this trip, then we would have been thrilled. And I think that's kind of like the mindset they were, you know, Putting, pushing forward whether that's you know the the one that's going to solve everything we'll see but it's clearly better than sniping at each other and you know throwing guys or under the bus or saying we're not having fun yeah, or whatever so i mean real quick what what do you think is the most impressive win from that road trip or i guess i mean we're, we're obviously crossing out the clippers game but you know among the first three warriors kings lakers which one do you think was the most impressive because i have a pseudo i guess i don't even know if it's a hot take but uh, yeah so kings is the yeah. hot take right it's definitely the laker laker <laughs> <No> <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I really liked. I mean, I love. I and mean, we'll get the Gordon. Maybe we can do that now. But him hitting that hitting that uh, that game winning shot. The type the of shot too. Enormous. Like he just aggre- aggressive, hanging in the air, uh, like floating to the left. That's the type of shot he would always hit in Utah. Um, and then even you know last night, which obviously wasn't a great showing by the team. Like there was one play where I think Lou Williams, like uh, you know. Uh, attacked the rim got to, got a layup uh, i think he blew by hayward on a switch actually and then on the inbound like hayward just you know uh, with the length of the court in transition and in secondary transition and uh drew a foul with 20 seconds on the shot clock which has done a really good job of and it's just kind of uh, ramming the ball down their opponent's throat and staying aggressive keeping their foot on the gas i, I thought that was really good to see particularly out of someone like hayward yeah, he was he was horrendous against against the Clippers. Though, other than that, he missed a lot of open shots. It was funny. I mean, I don't know. And, I, and I'm and I'm glad we didn't do a podcast right after the the Kings game because we would have had that same as Gordon Hayward back conversation. I don't want to have that anymore this year. I think we just gotta accept he's he's gonna have some some flashes of brilliance and he's gonna look like he did against the Clippers. And I think it's gonna happen in the playoffs. There's gonna be a couple great Gordon Hayward games. It's gonna be a few games where he probably shouldn't be out there. And I, I that that's what I'm expecting going forward now. Yeah, I mean, I think the number that will be key to look at. I think it's like Celtics are twenty-one and four now when he scores twelve or more points in a game. So like, if he can be adequate role player, above average role player, then the ceiling the ceiling for this team goes higher. If not, then it's going to be touch and go in the postseason uh, beyond the first round. I think. I think he yeah and, he's everything. He always has been, in my opinion. Like, um, I'm just looking at the point totals in the, let's see, the five games before the 30-point outing against the Warriors. Five, nine, three, three, six. <laughs> so so um, that's, obvi- that's obviously not, not great. Um, but, 
you know, with with him, for me personally, when I watch him play, like I'm looking for a lot more of what just like how he looks physically on the floor, much more so than his box score numbers. Uh, box score numbers are important, of course, um, but just the way he's cutting, the way he's switching on to guys who are uh, you know smaller and faster than him, how aggressive he is in the open floor. Uh, obviously turning the corner on switches. Is he posting up smaller guys, being aggressive? Just, you know, that's kind of the passivity versus the aggression is what is most important, in my opinion. Um, because everything else, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like he, he looks, he, he just looked good on that road trip more so than maybe he, he did in those previous five or six games before. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that, and that's, I mean, a lot of things changed going into the road trip, but I would say, you know, the his showing, you know, again, consistency is a danger. I get consistency for him now, I think, is just, like, being able to score double digits in points. It's obviously not, like, him being what he was a couple years ago, like, to Rich's point. It's, the if, as long as we find the a reasonable level of what consistency should be for him, then it, it was encouraging to see him get kind of closer to that level yeah. over the course and of the And as long as he's not taking our number one fan, as long as he's not taking uh, anything off the table, I, I, I mean, that's a, that's a good sign. I mean, on this team, you don't need him to be what he was in Utah necessarily. I think we need to establish a new normal for him this season and it's just really difficult to kind of pinpoint exactly what that is. But again, like, I just think he, he even in a, a game like against the Kings where, you know, he played about 30 minutes, only took 10 shots, only scored 12 points, but he was just a really positive difference maker in that one. I'm still going to say that Golden State was the, the best one of the, the road trip, though. I, I, I enjoy I enjoy the, the take, uh, but I'm going to go <laughs> with, with, on the road against the defending champs. Okay, so I'll, I'll no, push back no with this. Uh, okay. So they did not have Clay. They had no, did not have Clay, and I mean, the Warriors don't look that great. Yeah. <laughs> like they just lost to the Phoenix Suns. So does that alter your the the lens at all? Knowing that you know, obviously, well, I think it just goes to show team. you how decimated they were by the Celtics. Like they couldn't even. It's taking them games to, games to recover. <laughs> No, yeah, I don't know. It, sure. it is possible we caught them in a, in, a, in a little downswing before. Every one of these good teams is going to have to have one tough stretch where they just like, you know, I don't know if it's rest up mentally or physically and, and find a reason to, to, to rally around something for the playoffs. Every team's going to have that, and maybe this is Golden State. I mean, the Celtics against Golden State look like the Clippers against the Celtics on Monday night. Like, just in terms of, like, <laughs> the, the opponent could have played well in that game, and they still would have lost by 15 points. Like, the Celtics... I I took yeah, I I took a red high home last game. night and for some reason watched rewatched the first three quarters of that game to figure out like what the hell happened and I got two takeaways number one like I mean get, like, yeah three takeaways number one Gallo, Gallo. Uh, number two Lou Williams um, and number three the Celtics match up terribly with the Clippers like they just don't have athletic guards that can stick with Lou. I mean, it's again, this is most of the league that no one can stick with Lou. Like, sticking with Shamit is tough. 
Um, Marcus Morris defensively has been trash lately, and Gallo took advantage of that. And then, I mean, this is maybe a concern we can talk about for the playoffs, like the pick-and-roll defense against, you know, speedy point guards have been killing the Celtics. This is a year-long thing now. Um, and because, you know, Al's a little older, Baines obviously isn't as mobile, Tice hasn't been as mobile this year. So if they're not, like, fully locked in on any given night, like, things can get ugly like we saw last night. It's kind of interesting, though. I'm thinking, go through the Eastern Conference playoffs. There, I, who, who am I missing on the speeding point guards? Maybe Bledsoe? It's like it's not very... Right. Uh, that's, a, that's a good news, right? That, that's good news for Celtics that there isn't, that, yeah. like you said, Bledsoe... You wouldn't want Kemba in the first round. I think Lowry, he's not speedy, but he knows how to navigate a good pick and roll and has the right parts around him for that. So that's why I feel like that's what makes the Raptors scarier to me than the Bucks um, from a, a Celtics matchup standpoint. Also, like neither of those teams are real high pick and roll that's not really how they attack like obviously they could change that could change in the the postseason right um but that's like you know the 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 raptors have like a funky offense that is you know lowry scrambling around doing his thing and then you know uh, giving it up getting it back and then uh, and then you know Kawhi is operating on his own planet just isolating on the wing or or posting up on the right block, so it's like I I, I don't know like I, I I do I I have definitely seen the pick and roll concerns for sure, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, like I, I think one of the big games that really stands out to me that I don't think we've recorded since then, but the Blazers loss, uh, where Dame Lillard was just dicing up Al Horford in the pick and roll yep. down the stretch, and the Celtics were not really going away from. Uh, their defensive game plan, uh, which was a little weird to see. I mean, you would think that they would would tra- like bring Al a little bit higher and try to trap Dame, or I don't really know why they de- didn't deviate from what they were doing there because Lillard was just blowing by him whenever he dropped, whenever Horford dropped. Um, so that was just interesting. And um, I guess speaking of Horford, B Rob, uh, you wrote something. You wrote BSJ something. BSJ exclusive. Yeah, no, so Al, I was just asking Al Horford about his future recently. Speaking of Al Horford's deterioration. Can, 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 you, <laughs> can, can, can you set the scene for yeah. us a little bit, B-Rob? Is this practice or this in the locker before, room? You just over to Al? Yeah, no, this is before, I think it's not a shoot-around, right after the All-Star break. Uh, mm-hmm. So, in the last couple of weeks. Okay. And Al's I was just, just standing around Yeah, I was locker, just sitting or? on the court and, you know, shoot-around, generally, it's just you get 10 minutes to talk to the players before they start practicing everyone's just sitting around the court so i um you know sit talk sit down next to al and start asking him about you know mostly team stuff at first and then i kind of have been generally curious about his future with the team amid you know all the moving parts that are in place this offseason and all the smoke around Kyrie. and so i just like hey what you know you're playing really well right now like what's you know, what's, how long do you think you can do that? Like, do you, you know, guys are playing longer now? Like, and then he's just like, yeah, no, I have, I'm feeling really good. And if I feel good going forward, I see no reason why I won't, won't play till 40. And that was 
definitely caught my eye because obviously he's just 32 years old right now. He's going to turn 33 in June. And do you remember what you're like? What was going through your head when he said that? Were you like ching That's my tweet. Were you like? Yeah, were, I mean, were you scrambling for a follow up <laughs> question? I mean, a little bit of everything there. I was just like, this definitely has not. He has not said this before, and um, and it just made me. And so we, you know, I kind of wanted to, you know, pepper him about it more and get into, you know, he. I know he's not going to commit to anything for the future, but then I just asked him more about his his priorities for the rest of his career. And he just like, you know, it's like, it's winning mm-hmm. first and foremost. And which is again, not a surprise, kind of what we all anticipated. Um, and then he also just was made a joke about like, Hey, like, you know, some guys are already treating me like I'm 40 right now. Like the way people talk about me and I've got a lot of good years left in me. So, you know, putting that with how he's looking this year and like, I mean, how it, it's, it's just such a, I'll put to you guys and like, what do you want to do with him this year? And what can you imagine? Like, I feel like a situation if like, if Kyrie somehow leaves, I think it might be very tough to convince him to stay after that. If his primary goal is to win. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, I, I mean, or would you even want right, to or that too? That's sure, I think it right? depends on what type of contract. But I've been thinking about Al Horford's free agency a lot over the past few weeks. And do you guys ever think about it together, <laughs> or has it just it's just been just one on one thought? Yeah, no, we we've been texting about it, and it's just yeah, our brains <laughs> just mind meld on this one. Um, no, I I, I like it, no one is talking about like there's a lot of free agents sitting the market. Uh, this summer that are like perennial all-stars in their prime. And like Al Horford's numbers are not on the level of, you know, someone like Jimmy Butler or that's probably the bad example given what happened to Jimmy. (laughs) Um, But just any of the, any of the all-stars that that the household names that are uh, eligible for unrestricted free agency this summer. But like Al Horford's ability to impact winning uh, his positional value. I mean, if you're say like the Lakers and you swing and miss on everybody, like why would you not four year max Al Horford? What is the case against doing that? I I don't. I really don't see a downside for that situation. Um, if you're the uh, the Knicks and you swing and miss, or KD, you get KD, but no one else for whatever reason you can't get anybody else, like. You're gonna op- why, like why would you not offer Al Horford a four year max? And so that puts the Celtics in like if you're the Celtics, are you prepared to give him a four year max? Um, which no. Is- <laughs> Can you be be a little specific on the four year max? Like what do you what, what are we talking so, about? So I mean, geez, Louise, Rich. Really, I mean, a four year max for him that's like thirty five million dollars a year, given how much experience he has. So, that's- I mean, what are you gonna do? Let him walk? Well, you, I think. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I, you. I think the the key here, Mike, is like you have to cater to the fact that being like, okay, Al, you can go get four years, like maybe max money from a team that's not ready con- to contend yet, like the the Lakers, or you know, with whatever, like him and LeBron are not going to contend. I'm sorry, or like the Clippers or Knicks, like all these teams that you know, whoever strikes out with the big names. Or you go to Al and you're like, you can stay here and you can take less money here 
and so we can spend more money on guys to put around you so you can win. And you can actually maybe play to 40 because we won't be, you know, running your 82 games a year. Maybe we can pay, play you 20 minutes a night. The same way Duncan extended his right. career a little bit. Guess guess how many guys have played uh, to age 40 in their career, guys? Um, this is a new era, but let's say six. I'm going to guess 12. How about 27? Oh, that was really dumb of wow. me. I mean, there's what are there like <laughs> so three guys in the league right now? Were most of them from like? <laughs> uh, yeah. So like right now it's Vince Carter Dirk. and Dirk. Um, Manu last year, so that's one. Manu, yeah. Um, but then you have like guys like Kid, Duncan, Grand Hill, Malone, and Stockton played till they were forty. Again, different guys. Do you guys know Hot Rod Hunley played till he was forty-seven years old? Damn. You know that? Yeah, that's a joke. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But I imagine I imagine some of those guys in the in like the forties and fifties were able to play. I don't know. Some of them, like if they were smoking cigarettes every game, they probably were uh, were right. much quicker. So, I mean, his skill set. I mean, again, uh, a stretch big, like that, whose shooting has improved with, as the years have gone by. Now, really, like, there's going to be a place for him. Like, you know, the how many miles he's going to have in the tires. That's going to be probably dependent on how long he'll be around but i mean it seems like he loves it in boston still and has is not really you know deterred by all the drama this year so like Celtics should feel pretty good about that standpoint assuming again that disaster doesn't happen and like Kyrie walks real quick on al i came across this on on reddit i think last uh last night or yesterday so this wouldn't include the clippers game which is probably good for Al. <laughs> but uh, his name, guy, guy's name is Fest John. But here, here's the numbers. Since December 23rd, so this is in his last 35 games, Al's shooting 56, 37, 93 in 28 minutes per night and averaging 13 and a half, 7, and 4 and a half. That's pretty right. solid. Yeah. I mean, those no- and, 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 the, and the anchor of, uh, of the Yeah. Defense. I mean, I, I think I might value Al more than you guys because I, I mean, I do think that. Like, do you, so you guys think it would be insane if a team maxed him out? Well, I just think it's, it, it, it makes sense that you mentioned the Knicks and the Lakers as the two potential, you know, landing spots. I feel like if, if, it, if, if, if they want to continue to be the Knicks and the Lakers and, and do something like that, I don't think that you can re- overreact. I think you need to have another plan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him a, a but if you get that sneaky... offer, would you not, Matt, like, like, I, I, like the, this isn't like the NFL, like. There's real like it, it, there's no one to replace Al Horford if he were to leave. Like sure, there's the AD trade, but I mean I don't know. I, I it, it it is pretty context specific here with this discussion, but like it would not be the worst thing in the world. I think if you were to max him out. I mean I, I do think that the question of is that contract tradable then becomes an interesting one, um, but. Because obviously, you know, you don't want what, he'd be like 35, 36 making John Wall money. Uh, that would not be great. Um, history of concussions. History of concussions. Well. And uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I might just overvalue him a, a little bit more than, or value him a little bit more than you guys do. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. I agree with you, Mike. Like, if, if they miss out on AD for whatever reason, then like, yeah, like you have to. You can't. You're not going to contend if you let him go, like in the next couple of years. Like Joel Embiid's not going anywhere. 
Right. Like, there's just no, there's no alternative. And so... I don't know. I just don't know if there's no alternative. I mean, I, I haven't really thought about it thoroughly enough, but, like, I don't know. Or, you, you, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money to be... Right. To I mean, you just, you right? just got to pray that no one offers him that. I think that's the... And that's hopefully, you know, I'd imagine Zarin and Ainge and the rest of that front office is, like planning a pretty sound attack they were communicating with his agent now to be like setting the groundwork in place for an opt-out extension type situation um for july 1st since that's you know there's also going to be uncertainty on the market there like maybe if horford's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna opt out and you know see what i can get and then all those teams get the stars then there might not be cap room left so the the two sneaky teams that I feel like could make a run at him if he does become a free agent. Clippers. Clippers is one. Mavericks. Um. I didn't put Mavericks on the list. I feel like he's too old for them. Um. That'd be fine. Pacers. Mm. Um and the Jazz. Well, not, not great fit, but they only only in the sense they have cap room. Like they have cap room for Max. You mean? And that, they're probably going to miss out on the big the big guys. Are you talking about the Pacers? Yeah. Yeah, pay, I mean, so they have Turner and Sabonis, and they got to kind of figure out what's going on there. So there's a little bit of a positional overlap. Uh, Jazz would be pretty interesting because Favors is a free agent. He's probably gone after this year. And mm-hmm. the great thing about Horford is he's just he can basically fit in anywhere. Like he'd be a fine. Right. I think you could win with Horford and uh, and Gobert. For sure. Uh, that would probably be the best defense of the NBA next season. Um, so, yeah. And then, I mean, with the Mavs, Mavs, the Mavs summer is going to be just so fascinating to me because I'm pretty positive they have a max slot available still. And, you know, obviously they have KP and Luka, and they're try- they're losing like crazy right now trying to keep that pick. Um, but, you know, there was a, a report out that they would they were going to go out, try to go after Kemba. Um I've written previously about why they should go after Boogie. Uh, it's Vucevic has been floated out around there, so it, I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. Yeah, they have they have two max, and then they could actually not two. They have they have one max slot, and then they have some left over on top of that in terms of money. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be a fascinating one. Um, the Kyrie comments. Mm. he had an interview with he talked to chris haynes i believe this was right after the lakers game he spoke with him for a long time in his locker before he talked to us out there uh your guys takeaway from seeing these and just where he's at right now was Chris Hans kind of big time in you guys in the locker room? Um, I know there were people. There were. It wasn't me. That was there. Were like people that were on deadline weren't happy <laughs> that he was uh, right. talking to him before the then, the usual media scrum. But that's that's neither here nor there. I don't know. I'm I'm happy he said what he needed to say to to maybe calm the storm a little bit. You know, I'd love to see the media write their version of things. You know, they they could do better on in all this. I, I don't. I won't hold my breath on that. But. <laughs> You know, I, that, that, that's how I feel. I, I wasn't really that bothered, you know, by the initial drama, which I guess was orchestrated by him or, or he got blamed for. But I'm glad that maybe for now we can stop talking about it after this conversation, that is. Yeah, that, that's wildly naive, Rich. 
we can all stop talking about it. They're going to lose about the next yeah, three games, and then he's going to say something. I mean, this, yeah, I, so I definitely this agree is, with that. This is <laughs> why I, my take on the Celtics regular season is that the regular season is too long. And you can choose as a as a bystander to get on the roller coaster uh, right before game one and ride it uh, through game 82 and then get off and head into the playoffs. Or you can just walk from the beginning of the ride to the end, which I guess if you're on a roller coaster, that's the exact same spot. But uh, so that didn't really make a lot of sense. But but um, <laughs> this ride sucks. Yeah, yeah I think close enough. Exactly. You're on, you're on the ground. Um, and like for me, like that's kind of how I view everything, which is why uh, I've I wasn't really ever ready to write off the Celtics at their lowest point during the season um, when things were looking really bad. And, and right now, uh, they're honestly. I mean, this is kind of a reversion back to normal or what they should be in my eyes. So I'm not necessarily too high after seeing the game against the Warriors and uh, the second night of a back-to-back, their buzzer-beating victory against the Kings. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just like stories like this are. I don't know what impact they actually have on the playoffs, which is really kind of all that matters. I mean, the regular season is going to decide the seeding and blah, blah, blah. But like the season's just, it's too long. I'm sorry. Like it just is. <laughs> you know how it matters? How, how this all might matter is I think if the Celtics come up short, it, it just puts a, it magnifies that mm-hmm. negativity even more. And, and, and if they win, it's, it's even sweeter, but you know, all the turmoil is there. It can be forgotten if they win. And I think, it's just the spotlights shine on it if, if they lose. I have a, a hot take counterpoint okay. to your point, Mike. Ooh. I might be right. It's cold water. Um, yeah. Do so if the regular season was shorter, the Celtics would have been in a worse spot as a team because they wouldn't have. The season would have ended before the plane ride, <laughs> right? And then they would have <laughs> they would have gone into the playoffs. Uh, you know in a very tough spot. And so they needed an 82 game regular season to, to figure things out. Kyrie Irving's (laughs) mentality when he first said, ask me on July 1st, wouldn't have been, I cannot believe there are this many more games in the regular season. I want to kill myself. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I thought, I think that that is, I mean, he's spoken about, you know, the regular seat, like nothing matters anymore. And he's just, he's done saying, like talking after games and um you know he was very clipped after the uh was that the rockets game right before the road trip where it was like every answer was you know uh half a sentence three words um yep hey that's how i would do it i tweeted that that's exactly what i would do if i was an nba player i have like at, at this late in the season like what do we need to do to turn it around those types of questions it's just like i don't know man play harder like what do you and, and and every one of them is every every not every person because but like that that feeling we talked about with B Rob and and Al Horford right when like you knew like you had your story and you had something that you could work with like you know eighty percent of the people who are asking these questions are just waiting for Kyrie to say one thing that's wrong one thing that's stupid mm-hmm. and just kill him yeah, for it for sure here's here's the kit you know I agree with all that here's the problem I had with Kyrie though before this last week 
his his effort on the court was like disappeared for like the month of February. I felt like, at least on defense, he like was not like a couple of those plays, especially in that Rockets game, were like complete. He like, no showed on a closeout that yeah, was really bad. Low, exactly, just like stuff like that combined with all the other crap going on with you know like again i understand why he gets mad at the media stuff and like but he he also like created a lot of this mess for himself and when you do that you can't like you have to take some responsibility for it and then you can't go into a shell for like a month of the season as you know things are going down and then and then have three word answers after you go lose five of six and like half acid on the court like that's when i'm all for giving like short answers when like you just don't want to deal with it anymore but like when you're not being accountable on the floor and then you do that on top of everything else that's going on that that looks bad yeah that's fair consistency and is nice if you do it and so that's that this past week's been good i think like this this article combined with he is trying again. I wrote after the Lakers game, like my focus after that game was like, oh, Kyrie's trying on defense again. Like he's taking charges again. He's, you know, not dying in every pick in a pick and roll, like things like that, that again, this team is going to need. Like, I know he's not going to do it for all 82, but like. But but you never, you were never worried that he was not, that he was going to try to pull that shit in the playoffs, right? Uh, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Like. I know he'd bring it on offense. I know he'd like put the points up, but like if he wasn't, you know, if he was just I like, think he takes too much pride in his craft to yeah. loaf around in the playoffs. I think he's one of those players who understands more than most, just what the difference is between the postseason and the regular season in terms of how you're perceived around the league, how you're perceived as a brand, uh, your legacy, all of that. I think he really thinks about all those things, and I think the playoffs really matter to him way more than what's happening right now in the regular season. Yeah, no doubt about that. And one thing for me, just like generally speaking, and I think, you know, uh, Mike, I know you're the, the younger one of the crew, but <laughs> I, like, do, do you remember Pedro Martinez, pitcher for the Red Sox? Wow, like, so disrespectful. How old do you think I am? Jesus. I, I, <laughs> Anyways, but I, rem- I I mean we we all remember growing up and hearing, listening to the radio, reading the papers and seeing all the horrible things people had to say about Pedro, about David Ortiz, Paul Pierce. For and, and again, it's not like they didn't they didn't you know Pierce made mistakes when he was younger. Uh, Poppy and Pedro weren't perfect, but like you know, these are guys with statues now. Bill Belichick is gonna have a statue, and it, and at the end of the day, it's like it just do- it doesn't seem to matter very much to me. I don't know, and I and, and I think that we don't remember. You know, weeks and weeks uh, devoted to Pedro on sports radio. Oh yeah, I was sure. a bad teammate. You know, I was a shitty guy. A shitty guy. You know what I mean? It's just. But like, was Pedro calling out his know, team on some... the mound like after bad games? But that, but that's also his job. You know what I mean? Like I I don't I I don't know. I I and I think it's fair to say that Kyrie's made mistakes too. I mean, he's learning on the fly. He's 26 years old, leading a billion-dollar organization. You know, I don't think that's an, an easy thing to do. And maybe he did finally realize that a little bit with Haynes. But you know, I agree with you, Mike. I I, I think it's <laughs> just, just just as easily we could wake up tomorrow and he could have a new article from somewhere else saying that. Rich has come around on Kyrie here. In what sense? Because he, I, I feel like I've been I know very... before the year. No, I feel like 
you've been very fair. I just think, like, remember before the year, you're like, I don't know if we want to max him. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's made. I mean, I wanted to see how his how his leg turned out, how his knee turned out, if he could make it through a full season. Um, but yeah, and I and I think now if it's the difference between getting Anthony Davis, right, right, if 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 that's the and I and I'd also had a little bit more faith in Terry Rozier, and I don't know if that has all been a, like, <laughs> a but again, I I also have I haven't given up hope that if he goes somewhere and and can get thirty two minutes a night, that he can't be a very productive NBA point guard. You know, if he's surrounded by Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown and whoever else, hey. but I'll take I'll take I'll take the L on on that though. I'm comfortable yeah. with Kyrie over Terry Rozier at this point. That's, hey, that's Terry good. Rozier, 26 yeah. points last night in a 25-point loss. But um. <laughs> I think, to, yeah, quick, 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 quick aside because we're not going to talk Terry Rozier. But I do think th- quick, I, I quick Terry Rozier. <laughs> I, I do think that he's going to look he's going to look good in the playoffs. I think he's a playoff type of player. Like that's just er, yeah. everyone's going to put their bullshit aside in the playoffs. I, I, I'm starting to get that feeling. I, I agree. They're going to yeah. put their bullshit aside in the playoffs. I'm concerned that they're still going to try to do too much with some of these guys in the playoffs. And when they're not very, when they, when they shouldn't be. And I put Terry Rozier on that list. I put Marcus Morris on that list who has had a, a very rough couple months. Um, probably more i mean the, the shooting the shooting comes and goes but like the defense for morris right now is like like i don't know if you just want to rest him right now like give him rest the leg like, he's an older guy like you don't he's not helping you on the floor most nights like like i 15 games left like i i wouldn't mind if morris takes five games off to just like you know get his legs back and you know figure things out because between him and I mean, Rozier's been, I guess, a little bit better on this trip, but like, Brad, Brad's right, right or die of all these guys right now, and that's it's a hit or miss proposition on a nightly basis. So just to get us all on record, the Celtics are better with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's confirmed. <laughs> I want to see one more game. <laughs> it's just one, it's just one, one more, one more random game against a shitty team. Okay. That, 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 Yogi thinks so too. He just chimed in, so that's. That's four for Kyrie's better. Yeah, uh, yeah. We from both dogs. It's officially it's big, officially big a five, podcast. big five podcast. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, that, maybe that's it. Yeah, that might right. I mean, I just stumbled on, stumbled on the new name. This is the wheels are turning. That just rolls off the tongue. So if you've made it this far in the into the podcast, um, we won't ruin everything here. But this is a good. Have you ever heard yet? <laughs> but. If you like, if you really like the Big Three podcast name, this is your last chance to uh, to tell us because uh, there we won't we won't spoil anything. But there's a a very strong possibility this will be the uh, the last edition of this podcast with this name. So, um, does a storm run? I mean, it's well, no, it hundred. <laughs> that's a I good team. I mean, I think it's a nice right? Okay. Like is just is the podcast game. ending? Is it what's happening? It's not ending. Stay tuned. I'm I know. Scared, I'm, I'm, it's not. It's, more, it's more about it's... B-Rob's elective surgery. <laughs> but yeah, this is like if if you if you really like this name, then speak now or forever hold your peace. Um, what else do we have? I mean, I feel like wh- how how's the rest of the season gonna go? 
for you guys? What, what What's the goal for the final 15 games here? Health. That's it. Hmm. Health and somehow getting the Pacers right? in the first round. Oh, you want the Pacers? I also yes, I do. I'm team Pacers as well, Rich. I'm with you. Um, you don't, You guys don't think it's possible that they... I mean, the Pacers are probably going to plunge here a little bit to the five. I right. Think that that's... You're counting on them going to the five. So, and then I think... Yeah, but don't you... Do you think... So it's foregone that... Like, you think that the Sixers are just going to get the three? I think... Or... I just Were we only rather... two games back with the tiebreaker? Yeah, I mean, the, it's you. They could definitely win the three. I think in terms of man, because that's. I mean, I don't think though, because I think you want the you want the Bucks over the Raptors in the second round anyway. Mm. Easy, easy, easy. Like I think that's 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 mm-hmm. the part of the bracket you want, and I still want the six. I still would rather see the Bucks over the Sixers. I know that's an unpopular opinion around here, but that's how I feel. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't agree. I won't go that far, but I definitely, you're not going to see the Sixers in the second round, unfortunately. I feel like, but you may... so you, you think that if they, you think that the the Celtics will, I don't want to say tank. They could rest strategically, rest, rest, start yes. resting, guys. If it looks like they're going to get the three because they want yes. the four, that's it. Or they might not be good enough to get the three. Like you know, their their schedule isn't super hard, but it's not easy either. Um, they have the fifteenth hardest schedule. Yeah, so there the you go. The season. Um, they played in Philly. They played the Pacers twice. Um, and then they play. You know, they have a some decent. You know, the couple road games: Miami, Washington. Like all winnable games, but this team on the road this year is obviously trick or treat. So, yeah, I don't. It'll be interesting to see like who's tanking, sure. who's. Yep. All that. Uh, and that applies to the Sixers and the rest of their schedule as well, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously home court, I think, is in the first round is like, that's right. number one for me. Um, I, I mean, I guess I'm just like really selfish right now, and I just want them to get the three so that they play the Nets three. That's I guess that's what I'm I'm leaning towards right you, you, now. So it's an easy choice, uh, Nets over Pacers for you. Um, Nets, actually, Nets are, yeah, Nets, Nets are pesky and they've got it. Well. Nets are pesky. They play hard. I'm pretty familiar with what's going on there, but. Uh, I don't know. I think they can be. You can scheme against them pretty easily in a playoff series where, you know, their offense is just like their offense is good and they move the ball and everything. But I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is going to be hitting these shots in a playoff environment, like in Boston. I just don't see that happening. Got ice in his veins, man. Sure, um, but that. Meanwhile, like the Pacers are the Pacers are Pacers are interesting. I don't think they're going to win a playoff series, but that, I don't know. I wouldn't want. I don't. I'm not like afraid of them, but at the same time, they're just like. I don't know. They have it together. They know exactly what they are. They're experienced. <laughs> they're hungry. I don't know. They're prime. They're prime for. Team. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like it. It's like last year, doubting them the whole year, and then you know they they took LeBron to seven to a tight. Game seven in Cleveland, should've right? Should have won, that, won series. that series. Should have won. And obviously, but now you, you take Oladipo out of the mix, which is clearly obviously a game changer. There's just no one. 
there's no one to fear in that team, I feel like, over the course of a seven-game series. Wes Matthews, baby. Yeah, like Wes, maybe five years ago. No, but... yeah. It's probably, it's like Bogdanovich and Sabonis. And, I mean, Turner might be a defensive player of the year candidate, or he is a defensive player of the year candidate. But, um, yeah, I just don't know how they score enough right. points. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a very interesting last final 15 games on that front. And then with that and then all the – we won't get into the draft stuff too much now, but there's a lot to settle there. Um, I'm writing, I just wrote a piece. The The Memphis pick is very much back in play, guys. I they, I've been seeing this. Joakim Noah. Joakim Jeez Noah, Louise. they've won 5 of 7. They're with the Lakers going into full tank just... now. Like, they might get that pick. They might get the number 9 pick. So give, give some love that to uh, Avery Bradley, oh, yeah. playing, yes. playing his ass off in Memphis right now. And Tim and Jonas are... Like playing like not all stars, but and I mean Mike Conley too, who's just an absolute beast. Um, so that would be quite the development. Do we do we do we want that? No, pick? you don't. I don't think you. No, you, you don't. That's you exactly. Do, you do right. not want that pick. So that that's bad news. Do the Pelicans want that pick? Right, exactly. <laughs> that that's the more important thing. Um, so, Pina, I know I know what your I'm pretty sure what your response will mm-hmm. be, but is there any chance, B Rob, that? The Raptors would have been better with Valanciunas over Gasol. It, that's a real fascinating question. Just like looking at their numbers, I think what they're betting. I think there's an outside chance, but I think they they've seen enough of Jonas in the playoffs, probably where they just like don't trust him anymore. Is my guess. Um, Mike, you, you think you, you're Team Gasol, right? Uh, I would have to think about it honestly. Um, like I don't know what Gasol's gonna look like defensively in the playoffs, and he's he brings more variance to your offense. But I do think that there might be there was just more role acceptance and familiarity with JV than Gasol. Who you know, if you're down two one in a series, is Gasol gonna pipe up and say, "Why am I not starting?" You know, like how, just there's a lot that could happen there that could be bad. I think. JV is just such a physical presence, you know. That dude just—he gives the Celtics trouble, right? Yeah, yeah, the Celtics are probably. But even, but I will say in that, I mean, again, the the Celtics Raptors game last month up there, where the Celtics played like absolute dog shit. Um, Gasol was like a a pretty nice weapon for them, their second unit, just to like kind of mm-hmm. in a Horford type, like running the, you know, the show from the free throw line. So like that is. Uh, the Celtics have a lot of trouble with Gasol. Tice can't guard him for his life. Um, Baines obviously struggles on closeout for threes. Who can Tice guard for his life? Tice? Is he healthy? Is he healthy? <laughs> he, he co- he's had such a weird season. He's had games where he's looked unbelievable, and then the next game you're just like, this guy can't get on the floor. Fewer, like, this guy shouldn't be on the floor right now. But fewer than last year. Fewer, fewer good games than last yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. Def- he's struggled defensively this year. He's, I think his foot speed is like his mobility is way down, and that's hurt him. He just fouls. He fouls a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like he's. No, but do- it does look like he's dragging yeah. the leg a little bit, or just something. The knee isn't like bit, uh, fully back yet yeah. from I think his uh, his surgery last year. So that that's unfortunate because again, on like a night you need that like last night against the Clippers, and he just can't do that because that's like the mobile guy. They have no like super mobile guy in the back now to, to, to hold his own against guards. Mm. Yeah, I mean he might just have to. Yeah, his only role might might just be 
six fouls right? on the beat. Or yeah, something. Yabu honestly is like their best. Mo- or I guess Robert Williams. Yeah, I was about to say it would be nice if Robert Williams uh, like asserted himself a little. It's understandable, but asserted himself a little more this season and could could be that. I guess third big. Right. That would be nice. Oh well. But, hey. He's, Have fun in New exactly. Orleans. <laughs> Did you just trade the Time Lord? To All right, um, that would, I yeah, that's breaking. I did <laughs> went into the future and did it. Who was in that trade? Who else? Time Time Lord. Punk. Who else was in that trade, Mike? Um, it's it's actually just Robert Williams. Just straight up for AD. That's what is happened. It? Just silence. Hayward and Hayward. <laughs> Hayward as Cypher. <laughs> no, they actually they changed the rules at the CBA. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's how it went I down. Remember it was pretty that. crazy, but it all worked out. I was gonna say or they'll Barbara take is from Shreveport, Louisiana. That's right. You probably wouldn't hate it. It's gonna be Robert Williams, cool. and then they're gonna draft four players in the first round and trade them all after signing them. Hell of a plan. Done and done. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for us. Um, we you will hear from us next week. And uh, with some exciting news uh, on that front. So please stay tuned. Conf- confirm for next week, or there's a chance it might be like the week afterwards, right? I think by think the end of next week. Gonna, let's gonna be a let's say next we'll week. say next week. We'll be optimistic. I just don't, I just don't want, I want to start the new leaf off with, without making promises that we can't keep. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Promise made. <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Is this recording? <laughs>